Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We continue through Titus. We're in the third chapter of Titus. And in the last episode, we really focused on the eighth verse. And we need to look at that again because the ninth verse starts with this word, but, okay, but. And so it, when you see that type of thing, you need to say, okay, what is it in the context of? So back in verse 8, it said this, This is a trustworthy statement. And concerning these things, I want you to speak confidently so that, tho- so that those who have believed God will be careful to engage in good deeds. These things are good and profitable for men. And so uh, Paul is speaking to uh, Titus and is doing it in a uh, positive sense, okay? He's saying, hey, all this stuff I've been telling you right here, these are trustworthy things. You need to speak these things confidently. You need to teach these things. These are sound doctrine. Remember that whole concept? And you do this for those who have believed God so that those who believe God will be careful to engage in good deeds. Now, there will be people who will listen to this, okay? They'll listen to this, and they'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. I, I believe that, I believe that. But then they're not careful to engage in good deeds. Uh, that is reflective of those that aren't really saved. Okay, they're just playing a religious game. And he says, if you do these things, it's good and it's profitable. Then verse 9, but avoid. Oh, okay. So now he's going to go into a... Uh, instructions that are in a negative sense, okay? He's telling us, don't do this, don't do this. Avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and strife and disputes about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. This is something you see popping up uh, throughout the the New Testament. We saw it in First and Second Timothy. You see it in Galatians. You see hints of it everywhere, uh, within the scripture about how there's such a tendency for mankind to get caught up in foolish controversies. And when he talks about controversies and genealogies, it's like dissensions and strife and disputes about the law. That's a major, major hint. Actually, it's more than a hint, I think. That shows us what's going on. Remember when we did Galatians, we were talking about a group called the Judaizers. Judaizers, and these were folks that were Jewish in background, okay? They were born Jew, and they were very faithful to the law. But now they believe that Jesus is Messiah. They believe that he is Yeshua HaMashiach. But the leaders and the teachers of those that would believe quite often would come back and say, well, yeah, we believe that he is, but if you're a Gentile and you want to believe, you can, but you need to be a Jew first. And you really need to uh, adhere to the law and if you hear, adhere to the law, then you can really, really be a believer. And, and Paul just constantly was uh, uh, speaking truth against that, and, which is really interesting because Paul was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. If there was anybody who would have been tempted in that way, it would have been Paul. But he knew that that wasn't the truth, that no, you don't have to be under the law. You don't have to be a Jew. You don't have to be a believer in the law to be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. So he was telling this, avoid this stuff, okay? Avoid these foolish controversies. Avoid the genealogies. That's interesting. The genealogies, you know, they'd get on these things, well, I'm of the line of this and the line of this and the line of that and all this kind of stuff. He said, avoid that. Avoid contentions 
It's translated contentions, strife, dissensions. Avoid those kind of things. Now, notice it says avoid. There's times you get thrust in the middle of them. I mean, you do. You get thrust in the middle. But even if you're thrusted in the middle of it, we can speak the truth and not be contentious. We can speak the truth. Even though it may bring dissension as far as opinion and understanding, you still speak forth the truth. But your goal isn't strife. And he says avoid that. And avoid these kind of quarrels and these kind of disputes about the law. Because people would want to debate this about what, I mean, just, you wouldn't believe the things. I know, uh, and later on, 1,200 years after this was written right here, Titus, uh, in the Dark Ages, the middle part of the Dark Ages, there was all sorts of debate within the church over just ridiculous things. The, the classic example is how many angels can put a fit on the head of a pen? I mean, seriously, that, that type of thing. And he's saying, you know what? Avoid these things. But then he gives another very, very directed commandment. So verse 9, avoid these things. Verse 10, reject a factious man after a first and second warning, knowing that such a man is perverted and is sinning, being self-condemned. So he says this, you know, you're, you're not to behave this way. You're to avoid this stuff. But if there is a man that is factious, Okay. somebody that is divisive, someone that enjoys stirring up this type of division. Uh, the King James calls him a heretic, okay? A, a man that is a heretic, yeah. And it literally means somebody causing division, that you reject them after a first and second warning, okay? In other words, you speak to them, you tell them what's going on, okay? And you say, hey, you need to quit behaving this way. You need to repent over this. But if they refuse to do that, then you reject them. You stand off from them is what that word means. It actually means to beg off. You know that phrase, to beg off? You refuse to be around them, that type of thing. Uh, it's, the idea is that you remain aloof. You actually see that in relationship to some other things uh, in the Scripture about how you handle this type of situation. Okay? In other words, you're not going to be able to hang out with them in the way that you did before. But you notice you just don't do it because you're mad at them. You don't do it from the initial thing. You warn them once. You warn them twice. And then if they refuse to repent, you reject them. Now, this is talking individually. This is talking corporately as the body of Christ also, folks. If someone continues to stir up the vision and they continue to do this kind of thing and they, you've warned them once, you warn them twice, then you remain aloof from them. Verse 11 continues the sentence, knowing that such a man is perverted and is sinning, being self-condemned. So a man is like this, that is a factious man who stirs up the vision, is doing it on purpose. The ESV says that he's warped and sinful and is self-condemned. Uh, the King James says that, that he's subverted, Okay. So the idea is that his thinking is perverted, his thinking is warped, and it's because he's choosing to sin. Now, when he's warned the first time and warned the second time, that shows us that there is the possibility that he can repent. It's not like he's having to do this. He's refusing to do it. Well, how do I know that he's refusing to do it? In the verse 11, being self-condemned, being self-condemned. So back up, look what it says here. In verse 9, he says, hey, avoid these foolish controversies, 
okay? In genealogy, strife, disputes, and that kind of thing. That's unprofitable. It's worthless. Reject a factious man. In other words, someone who's doing exactly this, who's stirring this kind of stuff up, who's doing this. After you've warned them the first time, after you've warned them the second time, you reject them. Folks, there is a role and responsibility for the body of Christ to pursue holiness and righteousness and to deal with matters that get in the way of that. If someone is intentionally divisive, if someone is stirring up controversy all the time and they're approached and they refuse to repent over it and they refuse to stop it, then you reject them. Now, the Scripture gives us broad leeway as to how that may be. People say, well, what do you mean? You're going to kick them out of the church? You know, you may do that. You may tell them, hey, you can no longer fellowship here with us because of what you're doing. You are a divisive, perverted, sinning man, and you're self-condemned in this, and you need to repent. We will continue praying for you. We're not going to be rude, rude to you or anything like that, but we cannot fellowship with you in the way that we could before because of the way that you're acting and behaving. The whole point of that is not necessarily just punishment. The point is to bring them to repentance to bring them to the point to where they will say, hey, forgive me for this, and they'll be restored to the body and will behave the way they're supposed to behave. Uh, sadly, the body of Christ, generally speaking, does not do this, and we bear the fruit thereof. Well, my time is up. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much, and I'll see you again next time.